let us pray. Let us go. And then we're going to hop into this word and begin our series on pride. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I thank you for all the wonderful people who are here today. I pray, Lord, that you will touch and anoint their hearts and minds to believe and receive the word that you have for them today. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will anoint my lips of clay, that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, but be of everything of heaven and the spirit. I pray right now, Lord, let these not be my words, but your words. Allow right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask, allow my words to be fire in your people wood and let them be consumed by this word that you have for them today. Holy Spirit, my friend, help them to understand it, the, the depths and the deepness of what it is that you have for them today and help them to apply this to their lives to grow in their intimacy and relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray while the present comfort of the Holy Spirit and my prayer partners in agreement said with me, amen, amen, and amen. All right, so now we're talking about pride today. And you have to understand why this is so important because the first thing you have to learn about pride is pride is the root of all sin. It is the root of all sin. And I know a lot of like, what do you mean? It is the root of all sin. I want you just to bear with me for a second. Think back to every sin that you've ever committed in your entire life. Every sin that you've ever made, every uh, decision that you've made. Guess what? The root of that very decision was pride. Pride is if you after today, you're going to realize that pride is the reason why you sin is the reason why you made that final decision to go against the will or the law of God. Now, let me explain this a little bit more, because to understand that is the root of sin, you have to understand that the Bible says for all have come short, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And sometimes when we are in a a sin cycle, that's what we call it, a sin cycle, where we're going through the same stuff over and over again, we try to get it right, we try to get it together, and it just seems like we just can't. It's like every time we try and the same thing happens, it happens and happens, and we keep thinking, oh, it's this reason, or it's that reason. But God wants me to tell you that you have to understand what the enemy uses against you more than anything in the heavenly courts to come against your destiny, your purpose to withhold God himself from you is pride. Glory to God. I hope you are receiving that because the thing is the Bible says for all have come short, fallen short of the glory of God, right? And in the scriptures, it doesn't say, you know, sin comes before the fall. No, it says pride comes before the fall. It says pride comes before destruction and haughty spirit before the fall. Do you see that? So before you make a fall, before, the reason why you fell short is because of pride. And now I know I'm talking a lot about pride. What is pride really? You know, I'm glad you asked because we're about to go into that. Go If you have your Bibles, go with me to Ezekiel 28. Oh, I am so excited. The Lord has something special for you today. Because I'm telling you, because when you understand pride, when you understand how it works, when you understand what it is, how it manifests, it is going to change your relationship with God. Because the Lord wants me to tell you this. How many here want to get closer to God? How many, how many here love, love the Lord and want to get closer, right? Okay, so let's say you're trying to get closer. How many of you notice this? When you're trying to get closer, you feel like there's an opposition. You feel like every time you're trying to get closer, there's something like, it, 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 and it's God himself. It's not that God doesn't want to come near you. It's not that God doesn't want to come close to you. It's not even that God doesn't want to fellowship with you. But what it is, is that there is a root of sin in your life. And that sin is pride because the Bible says he opposes or resists the proud. Do you see that? Any form of pride in your life will cause God to hinder himself from you. Because he cannot operate in pride. He, he, he does not like pride. I, I, and, and I'm going to talk more about this. Are you there? Ezekiel 28 verse 12. 
Now, read here. This is God speaking to Ezekiel. Son of man, take up a limitation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was I covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle and gold, the workmanship of thy tabret and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Let me stop right there. Glory to God. See, you have to understand Ezekiel, when God is speaking to Ezekiel, he's talking to him about the king of Tyrus. The king of Tyrus is Satan. He's talking to him about Satan because he's, he's addressing Satan here. And what he's saying to Satan is, you basically, what happened to you, man? <laughs> you know, you were so beautiful. You were made. Look, look at how it describes him. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. You, every precious stone was I covering. Look at this. Have you ever seen an emerald, topaz, onyx? Imagine this being was made with this. And what God is saying to Satan is that you were made unique. You were made special. You are the anointed cherub. Glory to God. You have to understand this. He said you were made perfect in beauty. He, he, he never denied him his beauty. But then look at this. He said right here, thou could walk up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Do you have any idea how big of a deal that is? Because God and how many y'all need to know this about angels. Not all angels can get in front of God. Not all angels can handle the glory of God. There are certain angels that are built and conditioned to deal with the glory of God. Okay. So when he's saying thou hast walked up and down the stones of fire in, in, in a realm in God's glory, there's all fire. He, and you read this in Ezekiel, it said, and I saw one fire from the waist up and the waist down, right? And in Daniel chapter seven, and it says, and I saw fire come from before him and, and etc. So fire, thank you. Even, thank you, Holy Spirit. Even in Isaiah, it says what? And the angel did what? Took a stone from the altar of God because why? It was drenched in fire. Glory to God. So Lucifer, which means light bearer, was an angel who could go into a glory realm and get to the highest part of that glory. Glory to God, because he said thou hast walked up and down the fire stones. So he could get close to God like no other angel could. And what happened was it, 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 is that glory came off on him. That's why he said, you know, you were made. Perfect. You were made with, with, with precious stones in your body. Why? Because God, if you read in Revelation, it says in God's skin and in, in God's body, he, he has precious stones in his body. He said, I saw one sitting on the throne made of sardine stone. It, 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 so he's saying inside his skin were jewels, were diamonds. So literally Lucifer was coming off looking because he was one of the only angels who could get close enough to God like that. So I hope you're with me so far. So now let's go deeper. Verse 16. But it says iniquity was found in thee. Verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God and I will destroy thee. O covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. So now he's saying, you're now falling from my glory. You could come up and down here, but now I'm going to throw you out of here. Now I'm going to set you up for destruction. But I know what a lot of you are thinking. Wow, 
you know, God is coming down so hard on Lucifer. What did Lucifer do? How could he come from being an angel that could walk up and down the stones of fire to now God is saying, I am going to destroy you. I'm going to throw you out from this. The answer is in verse 17. The thing I love about God so much, he never does something without a reason. Glory to God. Here's the reason. The key is in verse 17. Pay attention to this. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Let me stop right there. Glory to God. This is what you need to write down concerning pride. The definition of pride is this. Pride is looking at your own light. That's what it is. Pride is looking at your own light and forgetting the one who gave it to you. Pride is looking at your own light and forgetting the one who gave it to you. Do you see that? Verse 17, look at what God says. Thine heart was lifted up. You got filled with pride. Thine heart was lifted up. You lifted up yourself because of thy beauty. You see that? See, God did not deny Lucifer's beauty. But the problem with Lucifer was that he looked at himself. He saw he was glorious. He saw the light that was coming from him. He saw the topaz. He saw the stones. And he looked at God and he said, what's the difference between you and me? Because I'm starting to look just like you. But that's what pride does. He forgot it was God who gave him the light in the first place. It was God who allowed him to be that beautiful. It was God who made him to go up and down the fiery stones. That's what, that's really what pride is. Pride is so wicked. Pride is when you, when, when you lift up yourself instead of letting God lift you up. It's when you decide because God gave you a little something. You make yourself greater than what you forgot all that God did. You forgot all about God. Do you see that? Look at this. Because it said Lucifer was made in wisdom. He was made in beauty. But now look at him. He said, because of your beauty, thou hast corrupted thy wisdom. So what will pride do? Pride will actually corrupt your wisdom. All the knowledge that you have of God, all the things that you know of God, it will corrupt it. If you do not understand what, what pride is, how pride will do this. Pride, write this down if you can. Pride will keep you from the highest level that God has for you. It will keep you from the highest level. Pride will do that. You can also write this down. Pride is the only spirit not afraid of the glory. Because look, look at Lucifer. Lucifer was in the glory. He was in the glory. And what happened? Simply because of pride, he lost everything. Here's another thing God wants me to tell you. God wants, wants me to tell you is that do not be so secure in your walk. Because you can fall at any level. You can fall at any level. It doesn't matter how, how great your spiritual experiences are with him. It doesn't matter if you saw your mansion. It doesn't matter if, if God came to you and talked to you and did all that stuff. You can fall at any level if you operate in pride. Just ask Lucifer. He fell from being from the highest place. In fact, the Lord wants me to let you know the higher you go, the greater the chance of the fall, the greater the fall. And I know this sounds like, whoa, this is such doom and gloom. Don't worry. God has a solution for this. I'm just giving you the I'm just giving you the info. 
Let me tell you what pride actually does. Pride will blind you from seeing things the way God sees them. It will actually keep you from seeing people or seeing things the way God sees them. Pride will actually blind you to what's wrong with you. (laughs) Glory to God. Pride will actually hide the things that you actually need to go to God and ask for repentance. Because a lot of people don't even understand what repentance means. Repentance does mean change your mind. That is what it means. But but repentance is actually changing your mind with the understanding of why you need to change your mind. That's true repentance. It's changing your mind with the understanding of why you need to change your mind. For instance, I know a lot of people who did the sinner's prayer. They gave their lives to God. I was with them when they did it, but then their lives did not change. And one of the reasons why was because they felt their life was fine anyway. They did the sinner's prayer, but they didn't repent because they felt their life was fine. They just thought Jesus would be an extra. No, when Jesus comes into your life, he takes over the whole thing. You don't just give him part. What kind of nonsense is that? And that's what the enemy does. He blinds you to what you really need repentance because he uses pride to do that. Because if you are wrapped up in pride, you're not going to realize, you know what? I need to change this. I've seen a lot of alcoholics say, you know, I, I repent, Lord, of drinking, but they don't feel their drinking is really a problem. So then they go right back to doing the same old thing. Do you see that? It pride keeps you from true repentance. Please write that down. It keeps you from true repentance. I hope you are all learning something. And I want you to understand this, okay? It's because pride, and I'm going to go over the different forms of pride in a second. But pride is the reason that Lucifer fell. It is the same reason Adam and Eve fell. (laughs) A lot of preachers don't preach this and I don't understand why. Yes, we talk about rebellion. Yes, we talk about disobedience. They disobeyed God. They rebelled against God. They didn't believe God. But yes, that's true. But what was the root what was the root? What, what was the reason that they did it? Pride. And I'm going to show you that in a second. But right now, I'm going to show you the forms of pride. Okay? There are forms of pride. Please forgive me. There are forms of pride that we have to be mindful of. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you the enemy's tactic to use against you. Okay? Okay? The devil always uses these three things to attack you, okay? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, okay? Now, pride of life, I want you to understand this. The Pride of life is, this is really what it is, okay? Someone who is proud about their material things, mental life, spiritual experience, or scriptural knowledge. So the pride of life is you being proud of the things of your material things as well as your spiritual things. That's what Satan uses against you. The pride of life. But that's only one form of pride. And I'm and try to write these down if you can. If not, don't worry. Because this is all going to be said to you. I promise. But I want you to listen and pay attention. And I want you right now just to say, Lord, if there's any of these forms of pride in me, please reveal it to me by your Holy Spirit. Okay? 
because this is important. Because another thing I'm going to have you do, I'm going to have you ask God personally, what has actually been withheld from me because of pride? What has actually been, if God is moving in your life and you're seeing God change your life, imagine how much more God will move or show you when he removes pride out of your life or when you know what pride is in your life. So we have pride of life. That's one. Pride of ability. Someone too high of an opinion about their own abilities or performances. You've been blessed with unique ability or talent. They have pride in that. Pride of face. Someone has too high of opinion of their facial appearance. I know a few models who are guilty of that. I ain't, I ain't going to say nothing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm moving on, though. <laughs> I'm not staying on that. Ooh, pride of grace. High-minded because of the favor of God or men in your life. Come on now, because you see God moving and because man is treating you good, pride of grace. How wonderful is that? This person exaggerate opinion about himself or herself because of mercy, because God moved in your life on mercy. Now you puffed yourself up. Come on now, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Pride of family. Family always right. You know, that family over everything nonsense. That's pride. Pride of family. Family wrong. Even when their family is always right, even if they're wrong. I don't know how we do that. Family, family is always right, even when they're wrong. Because they're family. Pride of family. And also because of family, you have certain rights or privileges in fact, I'm, I'm going to share this because I have a few people who went to the same school I did, you know. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, but it's mainly the church kids. Because they go to the church, they act like they own the place. If you went to the school, you a peasant. If you part of the church, you're royalty. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But let me get off that. Pride of wisdom. Because God has blessed you with wisdom and you have a reputation for being known as wisdom. You get stuck up on your wisdom. Pride of wisdom. This one's in connection with it. Pride of knowledge. Because you know the scriptures, because you're so knowledgeable of the word of God. You're so knowledgeable of, you know, you know things more than others. Yeah, I know. This this is getting tough. Pride of pace. Pride of pace. Because you're moving faster than everyone else. You see God giving you like lightning speed. He's putting you in the glory and you're moving at lightning speed and everyone is like still waiting for their blessing or miracle. Some of these forms of pride is very active in the church. And that is why God has to address it because you have to understand how much he hates pride. Pride of success. Oh, this is especially true in ministry because you have success in ministry. You're long suffering in ministry. You're proud of your success. You could be prideful because you have a healing ministry. Or a strong prophetic ministry. Because you're so successful, you have pride of success. Oh, this is the issue that we have in the nation right now. Pride of race. Pride of race. This form of pride causes people to have an exaggerated esteem about their race or creed. It manifests as prejudice. You see that? And I want to tell you because the issue in our nation is the pride of race. That is the foundation. That's how all this really starts. That is the root of the problem. 
a lot of people talking about, well, we just need to respect and, you know, love each other's differences. No. You need to realize the real heart of the issue. The heart of the issue is that there's pride in race. The whites were too prideful in their race that they thought the blacks were inferior. But now you also see the same thing because now anybody, what, what is it that they say? Black pride. So now you got African-Americans getting stuffed up in pride. And I know some people, I even heard some people say a black person can't be racist. Oh, okay. I'm just speaking to some of my African-Americans because y'all know what I'm talking about. When stepping on a basketball court and you see a white guy step on the court and you instantly think less of him. You think he can't play. You think he too slow. He ain't as athletic or strong or fast. You don't even realize that's race. That's pride of race. Because you believe because he ain't black, he can't jump or run. He can't, he can't do what you can do. Too much of that. And the Lord is saying that that has to stop. Because you don't understand how much God is opposing you because of that pride. Pride of glory. This form of pride manifests itself in the form of someone being high minded. Exaggerated self-esteem because of compliments received or because they were honored. Because you got people honoring you, because you got people who love you and, and respect you, now, now you got high-minded about yourself. Because you received glory. But all glory and honor goes to the Lord Jesus. Amen. So you take in that glory. Pride of glory. Pride of beauty. Isn't that that's what happened to Lucifer? That's how he fell. Was because pride of beauty. He looked at himself and saw how beautiful and how radiant he was. You see that? Pride of beauty. Prideful about how you look. Too high of an opinion about yourself in the area of beauty looks. Pride of heart. This is when the people start talking, follow your heart. Follow, y'all know what I'm talking about, that follow your heart nonsense. Pride of heart. The Bible says your heart will deceive you. That's, that's when people leading on their feelings or I feel I should do this. Did God say do it? No, then don't do it. <laughs> I don't care what you feel. I don't care how strong the feeling is. If the Lord ain't leading and you ain't in the spirit, don't do it. I'm, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to save y'all from a lot of heartbreak. I'm trying to tell you. Pride of heart. Next. Pride of mind or stubborn pride. When the mind has been hardened or is stubborn with pride. Oh my goodness. What does that mean? People in the religious spirit in the church. Holy Spirit start moving and all that other stuff. What is the first thing that shoots it down? That religious spirit. Somebody, a deacon or somebody always tries to, uh-uh, let's get this back in order. Let's get, you know, this is too crazy. Man, if the Holy Spirit is moving, leave it alone. <laughs> if the Spirit, let the Spirit do what the Spirit does. If he wants to have fun, let him have fun. People who are so set in their ways. That's another thing. They're, 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 they're so set in their ways. They're so set in, 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 the, in, in that mind. Pride of mind. Oh, this is especially true in the church. Pride of position. To have a lifted up ego about one's position or place of authority. You're made a reverend, a pastor, an apostle. You're named a prophet. Deacon, deaconess, evangelist. Suddenly now you got a position. You, you, you think you up here. Now, now you think you can do everything. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And the final one I'm going to talk about is pride of riches. Pride in your wealth. You, you know, 
tight with a dollar. <laughs> tight. You hold on tight to your money. Tight. Pride of riches. You take, you take, I got a lot of money. I got, I got a lot of things. Even the little that you have, you want to hold on to it so much. You, 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 you love it. You, 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 you won't really do anything with it. Now, I know that's a lot, but why am I listing all these pride? Because you need to understand how much God hates pride. Because in the church, especially, we preach so much about, you know, homo- against homosexuality, against almost every other sin. We, we, we talk about against abortion, all that other nonsense. But you want to know something? Did you know that God actually hates pride more than homosexuality? Did you know that? Did you know that God actually hates pride more than um, abortion? Did you know that? And I know some people are like, preacher, what, like, what, what are you talking about? Where are you getting that from? I'm going to prove it to you. Go to Proverbs chapter 6. If you have your word, I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 6. My God. Now, I'm going to show you the thing of God. I'm going to show you a trick of God. When God makes a list, when, when he's listing something, if he puts something first, that is of the high priority. Okay? Like when he mentions the fivefold ministry, he said, first apostles, then prophets, then thirdly teachers. Okay? That's the rank. That's, that, that's how it works. Or when the when Jesus says, uh, "Seek ye first the kingdom, for thine is the kingdom, power and glory." When he said, "And by his blood he hath made us kings and priests," do you see that? So, so, so when God lists something first, it's very great. It's a it, it is the first thing he wants you to catch. Okay. So Proverbs chapter six. Hmm. Verse 16, I hope you are all learning something, you know, because this is very important. Here we go. These six things don't the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Let me just say this, okay? I hear a lot of people in the church throw out the word abomination. This is an abomination. Do you even know what abomination means? Do you even understand the weight of abomination? And I pray, Holy Spirit, help your people to receive the weight of this. An abomination is something that is a direct offense to God. This means this is something that he absolutely hates. It is something that, that, that it offends him. It bothers him so much. It offends him. And hold on, David said, the Lord is what? Slow to anger. That is true. But he's saying that these things offend me. These things make me matter closer than even, even if I'm slow to anger, these things offend me. Okay? That's what abomination means. You know, abomination is something that is against God's nature. That's another thing. It's against his nature. It is something that is unjust. It is something that is unrighteous. Okay? And God is a God who, it says in Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 24, But let him that glory of glory in this, that he understandeth, first, right there, you must understand God and knoweth me. A lot of us, we focus on knowing God. No, God says the priority first is to understand me. Glory to God. He said, understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness. This is true. This is one judgment and righteousness in the earth for these things. I delight, saith the Lord. So the Lord saying, these are things I delight. An abomination is literally the things that are direct opposite to God. Okay? They're unjust. They're unrighteous. Okay? They don't show his nature. Number 17. Number one. Okay? I gave you the foundation. Number one. What does that say? A proud look. Some of you might have a haughty spirit. It's the same thing. Number one. Pride. Pride. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope you caught that. Number one is pride. This is something God absolutely hates. He said, this is an offense to me. And how often in the church do we see us wrapped up in pride? How much we won't speak up. We, 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 we can't even see people the way God sees them because we are blinded by pride. That's actually where the judgmental spirit comes from. It comes from pride. You must understand this. Pride is wicked. It's a wicked spirit. Pride is that spirit that I, it, 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 it corrupts you. It does. It really does. It corrupts you. It hinders you from being more and more like Jesus was. That's why Jesus said, I am meek and low or humble in heart. That's why he said that. So I want you to understand this because I'm going to show you, we, we are going to expose pride today. That's, that's really what we're doing. I'm going to show you how pride manifests. If these things manifest in your life, you need to catch and realize that that's pride. Okay? And I see you, Stephanie. Number one's for you. I'm playing. I'm playing. I love you so much. I really do. I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> Number one, stubbornness. When someone is stubborn, when they people don't want to listen, when they don't want to receive, stubbornness is a form of pride. Or that's a pride in manifestation. Do you see that? Obstinate. To be in contradiction or discord. You insist on your own way. You want things done your way. Not God's way. Not the pastor's way. You want it done your way. Rebellion. Uh-oh. Having exaltation. Over or against God's knowledge. Word or command. Rebellion. Disobedience. God spoke to you. God told you to do something. Or the man of God who you know is a representative of God. Who you know God truly speaks and moves through this person. He tells you to do something from the word of the Lord. And you just refuse to listen. You, you, you disobey. It's because of pride. Disobedience. High mindedness. To have overestimation of yourself. Your abilities, talents. Exaggeration. Exaggeration. Deceit and lies due to overreaction. Overreaction and storytelling. Overreaction, y'all know what I'm talking about. Some people, you know, when they fall, they act like they got shot. Come on now, y'all know what I'm talking about. Because why? They want attention. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Exaggeration. That's a form of pride. Boastful. It, we just read that in Jeremiah chapter 9. Glory, another translation for that is boast. If any man glories or boasts in anything, boast in this. This is why um, Paul said, and I boast only in my weakness. Why? Because it, that's him showing humility. But right here, when you're boastful to talk about something, someone, or even one's own self above measure. Oh, number eight, self-willed. When someone is selfish, self-seeking, and only thinks about self-gratification, you look out for number one. The heck with everybody else. <laughs> you looking out for yourself. You making sure how does this benefit you? Self-willed. Conceited. To be puffed up or lifted up about yourself. Especially in facial looks. That's, that, that, that's conceited. Overestimation. To overrate yourself. Self-exaltation. To always talk about yourself. Or to lift up who you are. Someone talking about themselves, you can't, you can't wait to start talking about yourself. 
Come on now. I know I got some people chatterboxes here. I love it. You know, I, I, I've been guilty of this too. Trust me. Some of this, when I first started learning this, this, this hit me. I'm trying to tell you. Vanity. To show off for no godly purpose or reason at all. It's like, how does this benefit? How, how, how does this um, get us closer to God? Being vanity. Vain to be idle and show no purposeful use of any kind. Just no purpose in what you're doing. You're doing it just to do it. But it doesn't benefit. It doesn't grow. The, you, you in the spirit. Let me, let me move on. Sexual desire. Pride causes and leads to sexual desire because of lust. Because one will not humble him or herself to crucify the flesh. Because you don't crucify the flesh, sexual desire, pride comes in and brings in sexual desire. You see that? I'm telling you, this pretty much lists all the sins, don't it? <laughs> and all of these are manifestations of pride. So when you learn to beat this, you, you basically take the biggest arsenal the devil has against you. Glory to God. Oh, pomp, being pompous, to have excessive display of one's accomplishments. Prejudice, we just talked about this. To think that you are better than someone because of your background, race, or color. Competition. The Lord literally told me this. He said to me, why when I was, you know, growing in the faith and whatever, but there was someone who was a little further than me and I, I, I became angry. I became offended and, 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 and I was trying to outdo him, try to outbeat him. The Lord literally came to me and said, why are you competing against your brother? He said, I will do for them. I will do for you what I did for them. Just get closer to me. But what do we see in church? Nothing but competition. People striving against each other, trying to trip up each other because they want to be number one. They want to be ahead. Don't you know that Jesus even addressed this with his disciples? That's why he said first will be last and last shall be first. That's, that's how the kingdom operates. He was trying to get that spirit of pride out of them because they were tripping over themselves, tripping over each other, trying to trying to be Jesus number one. Come on now, go back and read it. They were they were literally trying to trip over themselves, sabotage each other. But imagine a church where there is no competition, where we truly rejoice in others success. And we actually push each other to reach success. That's the kingdom of God. Glory to God. Don't, don't, don't even get me started. Emulation. Same thing with competition. You always have to outdo, equal, or surpass another's accomplishments. Can't be happy for nobody. Jealousy. When you refuse to acknowledge, to admit, Someone else's ability or blessing. Scornful. When you talk about them. Talk about them with malice. You got to bring them down to bring yourself up. Scornful. Denial. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Denial. It ain't my fault. I didn't do this. Even when you did it. Can't take responsibility for things. Denial. It's a form of pride. I'm almost done, but the Lord specifically told me, you got to list all of them to tell them. And I'm almost done, I promise. Hypocrisy. To appear and act in a certain way, only in front of people. Come on now, you know the people who know how to act right on Sunday. They know how to act like the church on Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, they act a fool. That's hypocrisy. You put on a mask. You put on, when it's church time, you put on the Christian mask. When church is over, you take it off. That's hypocrisy. That's literally what hypocrisy means. It's an actor. An actor that puts on a mask in front of people 
and and plays a role and then takes off the mask, puts on another mask to play a different role. That's literally what a hypocrite is. Pretend to act to be more than whom or what something or someone is. Strife, the fight between two opinions. One trying to prove or exalt their opinion over someone else. You have to be right all the time. That's strife. And anyone who opposes you, 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 have to over, you have to subdue them. You have to beat them. Strife. Arguments. Hello. Leads to arguments. That's a form of pride. To have disagreements based out of the feelings or wrong motives. Because you want to hold your ground or opinion. Let me tell you something that the Lord showed me. We as the body of Christ, as the kingdom of God, we are not here to win arguments. We're here to win souls. Too many people in the church are trying to win arguments. All I see is people on Facebook trying to win an argument. We ain't here to win arguments. We're here to win souls. The argument, there is no argument. It's already over. Christ died for the world. Believe or don't believe. Case closed. You want to know who God is? You have to know who Jesus is. Case closed. You want to be free from sin, from death, from hell itself? And hell is not just a place. Hell is a spirit. You want to be free from that nonsense? You must know who Jesus is. There ain't no argument. I ain't arguing, I ain't arguing with no fool about that. In fact, Proverbs, if you want to know how to operate as a king, read the book of Proverbs. Write that down. If you want to know how to operate as a king in God's kingdom, read the book of Proverbs. Okay? Because if you argue with a fool, you become a fool. So why in the world am I going to argue? And only a fool says that there is no God. So why in the world am I going to argue with a fool? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting deep. I know. Haughty. To be overbold and overaggressive. Running over people. You don't care who gets in your way. You'll, you'll trample over anybody to get what you want. Self-esteem. Uh-oh. To have an over-exaggerated self-respect about yourself. Your accomplishments, talents, or abilities. Ego. To have a greater opinion about yourself than is deserved. Inflation. To make something bigger than the original size. Judging. To place blame on others presumptuously. This will keep you from admitting your faults. To criticize or be critical. To begin to talk about someone or something in a negative, anti-edifying way. If you're too critical, that's pride. Presumption, to presume, assume, or jump ahead of someone because of wrong thoughts of others. Simply because of the way they look. They don't look a certain way. They don't, this is especially true in the church. Because they don't look a certain way. You, 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 you think of them a certain way. You have an opinion about them in a certain way. Even before you, you didn't even meet the person. You can't even show them the love of God because you're too busy going with your own thought of what you think of them already. How dare you? You are not Jehovah. And Jehovah doesn't even do that. When you came to God, you came to God looking like a hot mess. And he never turned you away. You came to God with dirty rags. That's what the Bible says. Don't be upset with me. I'm just telling you. You came to God in dirty rags. You came to God looking like who in the world would ever take you in. And what did he do? He took you in. He said, you belong to me. I am here for you. Glory to God. And you can't even show that. You got to deal with that pride. And the final is superiority. You feel superior. This is especially true for believers because especially the Lord had to reveal this to me. He said, a lot of my people are going to go to hell because 
of this superiority mindset that they have. Because they are saved or whatever, they think, well, I'm good. I'm better than this person. I'm better than that. They think because they get a spiritual experience, they have a, you know, a visitation from Jesus or from angels or from anything. It's a superiority thing. Superior, superior to others. I hope you are realizing that. He said that a lot of people, a lot of my people, that's what he said. His own people are going to go to hell simply because of that. Because they don't, because that's, that's pride. But they won't address it. They won't acknowledge it. And before I wrap this up, I am almost done. Thank you, Lord, that I was able to get through um, the list. And don't worry, if you could not write them down, I will send the notes. But I needed you to hear it because we need to lay down the proper foundation. Now, I need you to go to Genesis chapter 3. Okay? Hold on. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And I need you all to listen and understand this here. Are you there? Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent, which is Satan, said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Let me stop right there. Glory to God, because the key is in verse six. Look at what Satan does here. Remember when we talked about lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Pride of life is the final nail in the coffin. It, it, it did the same thing to Adam and Eve here. Don't believe me? Look at it here. Then the day, look at it. And when the woman saw lust of the eyes. Saw that the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired. She said basically lust of the flesh. She got hungry. <laughs> she got hungry. She saw it. It looked good. She, she, she started to get hungry. It's good for food. It's food. And look at this. Pride of life right here. To make one Wise. It benefited her. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open right there. You see, fall was right there. It was pride. Because the thing was, he said, look at what he said to her. You'll be like God if you eat this fruit. They were already God. <laughs> Adam was called the God of this world. They were already in, 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 in that place. They didn't need to know what good and evil was. They didn't need to know. But that's what Satan does. He makes you feel like you're losing out on something. Or that God is withholding something. Or that, or that you know, you're not going to get it. So then he tries to offer other ways. He tries to get you in your pride. Look at how he tempted Jesus. If you be the son of God, if you be, 
the Son of God. Do this. If you be the Son of God, do that. Come on now. He was trying to get him in pride because he knows as soon as he got him in pride, he could get Jesus to sin. And it's the same with us. The longer we are in pride, the greater the chance of we're going to sin. In fact, it's, it's guaranteed. And because we sinned, we fell. And right here, and I'm going to fast forward, verse 12. And the man said, the woman who thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat right there. So it didn't lead to just one sin. It led to multiple sins. Because right here, what did we just talk about? Now, Adam is self-willed. Now, Adam is throwing his own wife under the bus. He's in denial. He's even blaming God. <laughs> He's saying, God, it's the woman you gave me. She gave me the fruit. That is not the way a man is supposed to act if he is the authority figure of the household. Adam went from that moment from being a perfect man to a little boy in that instant, that quick. He stepped out of what God called him to, his purpose, his destiny. He stepped out of it just that quick. Because pride, that wicked, evil spirit of pride was, got in. You see that. The pride of life. You'll be like God. It benefits me. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this. And I'm going to wrap this up. God. Can offer you a crown. Satan will give you a crown as well. But what Satan will do. He'll give you a crown. The easy way, the light way. God says, no, if you want the crown, there's a process. Why? Bible says, and allow patience to do the complete work in you. Complete work, the perfect work in you. So that you will be what? Lacking nothing for your destiny. I hope you are receiving that. But when pride starts getting in and we start getting impatient and rambunctious even if God said it if you allow pride in there it will disrupt everything but when you learn to trust in the Lord and you let him be God and, and stop trying to put your opinion in everything glory to God then he can give you not just your destiny, but he'll give you your destiny and will keep you sustaining it. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Because you have to understand, sin is not free. Sin may look free, sin may act free, but it is not free. The wages of sin is death. Wages, payment. If you are not careful, sin will spiritually bankrupt you. That's how Satan has stolen from a lot of you. Because of sin that is in your life, it spiritually bankrupts you. Preacher, why are you saying that? Because the Lord said in his word that you shall prosper as your what? Soul prospers. If your soul is prospering because it's in right standing with God, it has a relationship with God, it knows God's ways and, and things like that, then guess what? You shall prosper. But if you go in pride and in sin, you'll become spiritually bankrupt. In fact, some of you who are facing financial struggles, financial difficulty, that's literally God's visible manifestation of what may be happening to you spiritually. I hope you receive that. I hope you are understanding that. And so right now I am about to pray. I, I, I am about to pray. I am about to close, you know, because I love you all so much. I really do. And this is really only part one. Part two, there is even more. I hope you will be there for part two because part two, I'm going to talk to you 
about Leviathan, the king of pride, the demonic king of pride. And I'm going to talk to you about him, what he does and how to stop him. And I just want you to know, like, you have to do what Paul says. You have to examine yourself. You have to look at yourself. You have to say, God, what is in me that is not acceptable to you? You must learn what David said. David said, cleanse thou me from secret faults. The things that are offensive to you, God, that I do not understand. Please show them to me. Don't be so prideful that you think that, 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 that you know, well, I know preacher, none of this applies to me. No, look at yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. And when, it, and when he does, just submit. Just say, Lord, I submit. I repent of this. Because I do not want pride in my life. Because I know, Lord, for no other reason than because you hate it. Because I know how much you hate pride. And because I love you so much. And because I don't want to offend you. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to keep you away from me. I repent. Lord, please don't look past my transgressions. Look past it and forgive me of all my pride, of all my unrighteousness, of all things that I have done that has hurt you, that has hurt your heart. Even if you didn't say, Lord, forgive my ignorance. I did not know that you hated pride this much. I didn't know that pride was doing this to me. Just say to him, Lord, I just repent. I come to you. Show me my errors. Show me by your Holy Spirit. And right now, as I'm about to pray, if the devil has stolen from you, as I pray, just say in the name of Jesus, Satan, give it back. Give it back seven times. Because the Bible says if you catch the thief, the thief has to give you what? Seven times what he took from you. It is time for you to stop getting spiritually bankrupt. It is time for you to receive what it is that the Lord has for you. We're going to ask the Lord to open the tree of life over your life. Because that's what he wants for you. And the tree of life abides in you because the Holy Spirit, the creator, the Lord abides in you. So right now, Lord, Heavenly Father... Lord, I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you right now for all the people who are here. I step into my office as king right now. And I say in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, right now, Lord, I pray right now. I come against the kingdom of darkness. I come against Satan himself. And I say in the name of Jesus, everything that you have taken from these people, from everyone who was here, everyone who was listening, whether on the live stream, whether on mega. Whatever you have taken, I command in the name of Jesus, give it back. And give it back seven times what you took. You will give it back now in Jesus' name. Right now, we come against all forms of pride right now. And we repent in Jesus' name. We yield and say, Lord, we surrender. Lord, look in us and judge us. Judge us, find the secret faults. For Lord, we know that your judgment is more precious than gold. It is sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. Lord, for when you judge, it is, to, it is out of your love. And it is to remove all pride from us. And Lord, please, Lord, correct us in our hearts from ever being offended at you. Remove the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh right now. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you will give us a heart like Jesus, a humble and meek heart, so that we may just walk and become closer and closer and closer and closer to you. Remove all the hindrances. I call upon the power of the breaker. Break all the hindrances. All the things that withhold us from you, which is nothing but pride. Cut it. Cut that root out. Remove it now. And plant us and secure us in your love. Both now and forevermore. Lord, we love you. We adore you. We thank you and praise you. Glory. Ah, fire. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We adore you. Thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. While in the presence of the comfort of the Holy Spirit. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me, Amen, Amen, and Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed. I'll see you next week.